look forward to retirement and avoid the pitfalls. Keep listening for ways to maximize your retirement income. More Than Money with the Popowich Carmelli Advisory Group, CIBC Woodgundy, on News Talk 770. Welcome back here with Dave and Faisal on 770 CHQR and More Than Money. Uh, we're joined, uh, continue to be joined by Shay Shatria, who's the director of Canadian strategies at Russell Investments. Uh, Shay, just before we uh, uh, finished up the last segment, we were talking about, you know, as we moved in in this next one to three year period, um, the you know towards the back half of that, there's uh, increasingly increasing concern, I guess, that uh, we'll be facing the end of this cycle and our next recession. Maybe let's just talk a little bit about your economic dashboard, and so. Where where do you see the uh, the risks right now? Okay, so from a risk perspective, something that we are closely monitoring um, would be inflation, mm-hmm. right? So inflation overall, um, obviously price inflation as well as wage inflation. Mm-hmm. So something that has been missing, if you think about um, from the markets, from not from the markets, from from a macro, from an economic perspective, over the last several years, and the markets have been, you know trying to find it, but it has not uh, reared its ugly head, is inflation. And we're, I th- what we're seeing now in the data is that, although it's still not to the levels that we'd be overtly concerned, but inflation is ticking higher. You look at um, metrics such as uh, prices, producer prices and what have you, input prices, those are starting to tick higher. So that tells us that there are these inflationary pressures that are creeping in. Um, the most recent employment data in the U.S. Looking, that was a gr- another good example mm-hmm. where the obviously the, the the headline numbers are great um, above expectations, but even the wage numbers have started to accelerate. Now they're not to the point where the markets will be. We had that wage scare earlier in February, and then things kind of calmed down. But we're seeing, you know, infl- you know, wage pressures also start to reassert themselves. So, inflation is something that we want to keep a laser focus on. Because if inflation pressures start to build um, a little bit stronger than what the markets are currently perceiving, then what that means is, well, the Federal Reserve, which, is been in, which has been hiking uh, interest rates, gets a little bit too concerned about falling behind the curve and therefore you know, gets a little bit more aggressive mm-hmm. in their rate hiking cycle. So that's something that we want to keep a close eye on in terms of inflation and what the policy response would be. I think our key metrics right now because the Federal Reserve at the end of the day, which controls the money supply, um, has been a key uh, supporter in in a sense, right, with yields being, interest rates being as low as they are, um, policy being as as accommodative as as it has been, has been a key support function for the asset prices. So therefore, those are couple of key watch points. One of the things that people look at or we've been hearing in the past is the indicator of a recession in the market mm-hmm. is when you have what's called an inverted yield curve. And for those who don't know, that's when your longer term yield, let's pick on 10-year U.S. government bonds, are higher than your two-year government bonds. And so they're, you're, uh, uh, you're basically, sorry, lower. So you're basically going into a, uh, a point where it's higher interest rates for the short term, lower interest rates down the road. Is that something that's on your radar screen? Um, how predictive is that? Uh, I've read lots of data now that people are focusing a lot on that with inflation, and, and that will be a good indicator to start rotating out of stocks going into other investments that maybe protect you, maybe even cash or fixed income and so forth. What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, Faisal, you bring up a really good point because that is actually, so there's a, several indicators that we would look at, uh, but 
the yield curve is indeed a key metric to keep an eye on because empirical evidence does support that it is a it it does tend to um, invert prior to recessions. Now, the lead that you get can vary anywhere; mm-hmm. it could be anywhere from six to twelve months. So, a yield curve inver- inversion doesn't in and, of, in and of itself means that a recession is you know the next month thereafter, but it does give you a bit of a lead time. So, it is a key key metric that we look at. And currently, you know, the yield curve in the U.S. as well as in Canada, it's the the 10-2 year spread as as is, is what you, is what we typically look at is right around 40 basis points. Right. So it has been, you know, contracting, but it's not to the point of inversion just yet. We yeah. do think that um, over the course of the next 12 months, we will start to get to that end and will be yet another indicator that things are, again, late cycle. So now, that's a key metric. Now, is that only a North American phenomenon or are we seeing that globally? Because we've been looking at our research and we see it's, it's attractive outside of North America. And for the rest of 2018, when we start seeing a flattening yield curve in Canada, in the United States, are we seeing the same issue happen in Europe, in most parts of Asia, where we should be concerned about that being a global recession versus just a contained recession in, in small parts or certain parts of the world? And that's a good, that's a good point. And what's interesting is the, the yield curve and the implications that it has on recessions, it's much stronger for North America, U.S., uh, primarily and secondarily Canada than it is outside of uh, outside of North America, <laughs> and to that end, when we look at the yield curves in other parts of the world, which is one of the reasons why we think you know it's nice to have a global approach even to your fixed income, is that to your point that there are it's not the same situation outside of North America, so it is um, it is more of a North American concern here and now, right at, at the moment. Um, but yeah, when we when we start looking at you know regions outside of North America, it's actually not the same. And in fact, if you think about Europe as a great example, um, now Europe, as we know, they have their own um, sort of idiosyncratic risk as it relates to the po- political situation there. Um, but that being said, uh, if you think about the European economic cycle, it's probably a year to two years behind mm-hmm. the U.S. economic cycle. The central bank, right, the ECB there, is probably a year. To two years behind uh, where the Fed is. The Fed has obviously uh, tightening, you know, it's quantitative tightening now as well as hiking rates. The ECB is still in Q- quantitative easing mode, QE as we say, uh, and they're currently projected to end that program. The expectation is September, but with these heightened volatility or heightened uncertainty uh, with the Italian situation mm-hmm. more recently, uh, we could see them perhaps, you know, extending that to the end of the year. So we'll, we're looking for some clarity there from the ECB come, this, you know, in their next meeting over the next uh, couple of months into the summertime. But in terms of rate hikes, that's probably not on the cards till mid, late 2019. I mean, that's, that still remains to be seen. So, so we're a little bit behind. We've got um, a couple minutes left. Mm-hmm. Um, how does this impact the emerging market world with the flattening yield curve in, in the U.S., the dollar doing what it's doing, is emerging markets an opportunity given the economic backdrop? Because global growth is still there. Or is it more of a risk to be in those areas versus more industrialized, more Western, let's call them, uh, when it comes to Europe and and North America? You know, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because we didn't touch on it. But emerging markets, so from a structural perspective, we love the emerging market story. We think that the longer-term growth potential out of EM is still there. Um, And if you look at over the last 10 years, since... 
the bear market bottom, emerging markets in general have underperformed U.S. equities, right? Mm. It's only 2017 when we saw a significant catch-up. Now, because of some of the points that you mentioned, the interest rates rising, U.S. dollar being a little bit stronger, it's caused quite a bit of volatility on the emerging market side. And as a result of that, we've seen them underperform relative to the U.S. equities developed markets in general. We do think that emerging markets will probably be a little bit volatile as a result of these key trends as they uh, persist over the next uh, uh, you know, several months or so. But longer term, we do believe that emerging markets is a place um, is a it, it, an opportunity. is an opportunity that every investor should explore. Awesome. We've got we've got a minute or less, and you can't do uh, super justice on this. But I just want your opinion quickly on trade tensions and tariffs. Mm. <laughs> oh God, yeah. So it's a, you know what, as from a Canadian purely Canadian perspective, it is a key re- concern. It's been one of the key concerns that we've and and many you know market strategists and economists have been citing. Um, we hope that cooler heads will prevail. We still think, you know, we, we look at what's going on with the trade tensions and we think about the cycle overall, the business cycle. At what point will it impact the business cycle? Mm-hmm. We still have to see how things progress. We don't want to be too quick to react just yet. I mean, there's a lot of tit for tat sort of, um, uh, uh, you know, banter going back and forth. And if it persists and if things get accentuated even more so than they are, then that impacts the business cycle. The, the, the implication for both the U.S. and Canada are a little bit more severe. And then our views uh, with regards to how the trade tensions and what it means for the U.S. business cycle as well as Canadian business cycle would change. For the time being, it's one of the key watch points. Obviously, from a Canadian perspective, it's more negative in the sense that it already is impacting um, business investment and, mm-hmm. and tensions there. So it remains a key watch point. We don't just we don't want to be too quick to react or overreact until we really see uh, how these discussions progress over the next several months. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we've been joined by Shay Shatria, Director of Canadian Strategies at Russell Investments. Faisal, we're going to have to uh, finish off another uh, section here. I thought those two pieces were good, helping people sort of put into perspective some of the key things that they need to stay focused on as investors as we move late into the cycle here. But we're going to try to make sense of all that in a strategy that not just gets you you know, to the next cycle, but through it and allows you to live that life that you've envisioned in retirement, right, in perpetuity all the way. So let's, uh, let's just remind everybody when that's coming up. Yeah, a quick key points here. Heightened volatility, um, not secure about what's going to happen in the later years of 2019 and beyond. Are we going to go in a recession? That can impact someone's retirement. So sure. how do you transition to and live in retirement when you're going through those types of economic and potentially stock market uh, hits to your portfolio? We'll discuss that and our strategy behind all that to protect you and grow your portfolio on Monday, June 18th, 7 p.m. at the Oak Ridge Co-op Wine and Spirits. Now you need to reserve your seats. So give us a call at 966-8400. That's 966-8400. Or you can register online at morethanmoneyradio.com. David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli are portfolio managers and investment advisors with CIBC Woodgundy in Calgary. The views of David Popovich and Faisal Carmelli do not necessarily reflect those of CIBC World Markets, Inc. Clients are advised to seek advice regarding their particular circumstances from their personal tax and legal advisors. If you are currently a CIBC Woodgundy client, please contact your investment advisor. CIBC Woodgundy is a division of CIBC World Markets, Inc., a subsidiary of CIBC and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund and Investment Industry Regulatory Organization of Canada.